0: hello and welcome to episode 60 of the book wars pod i'm kristen i am joined by uh, my co-hosts kate and chris um and today we're going to talk about uh last shot part four through the end um last shot is a novel by daniel jose older um if you missed our previous episodes on last shot please go listen to them they are very fun um
1: <laughs> what are
0: you she thinking? said enthusiastically <laughs> i'm so enthusiastic today.
1: geeks has been very ill for the past like 24 hours
0: i have been i'm fine i needed to do this i like was talking to my sister and i was like man i like need to try to go do something this morning and she was like it's 1 <laughs> oh okay well i just got up so it's it's fine sleepy times
1: i i was feeling terrible this morning so i was yeah. i don't ask me what time i slept until because it was kind of appalling
0: no it's fine it's great we so. need it's what weekends are for yay all right what's anybody drinking
2: uh, I'm drinking water because I had a can of Trader Joe's brand Lacroix, but then Keek slept through when we were supposed to be recording this a few days ago. I sure did. So now I just have water.
0: Sure did. That's TM.
1: Oh my god. Um, I am drinking a fucking leftover mocha from starbucks because so we tried to get coffee yesterday and i and chris ordered a nice mocha for me and the lady put my order in wrong so this poor man made me a hot mocha and we were like no i'm really sorry but can you do it again so then we had extra coffee now this is basically a nice mocha because it's been sitting in the fridge and it's hot and i don't care
0: <laughs> great <laughs> love love a good mocha yep uh I'm drinking Pedialyte. Um number one pharmacist <laughs> and pe- pediatrician recommended brand for hydration. Oh. Uh God. unflavored for infants. it's um, <laughs> literally what it says on it. Infant flavored. Uh, what yeah, might good. might
2: we are we, do do we think we're ready to name Pedialyte as the official child nutritional drink of the Bookworms Pod? <laughs> I think,
0: I think so. But you know what? You know what it also says on the back? Great for, uh, well, it says vomiting and diarrhea. Great, uh, heat exhaustion, <laughs> intense exercise, and travel. I'm like, great. It's it can almost be like the official nutritional drink of the pod because all four of us are always doing all of those things. So,
1: <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I think I think alcohol is pretty nutritious.
0: That's true. I know. We'll see that, but the, I don't think it falls under the nutritional drink. Anyway, I only like the orange flavor or the infant flavor. The other ones are gross me out.
2: Oh, they're very gross. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm like, give me the clear flavor, and Quinn's like, that's not a flavor. I'm like, it is. It says unflavored and it's clear. It says for infants on it. <laughs> like me, <laughs> for infants like me.
1: All right. Well, uh, this is sad. Oh,
0: Let's Star Wars.
1: All right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so we're shouting off, uh, really nice and light to go along with the, uh, Keeks' <laughs> depressing infant-flavored Pedialyte. Um, we're talking about destroyed rights and emancipation. Hooray! Chris, why are you crying?
2: Just the, the, the phrasing of infant-flavored Pedialyte.
1: <laughs> I it what it
0: It says, unflavored for infants.
1: Infant-flavored.
0: That's right. Thanks, Kate.
1: <laughs> Chris, that's what it says. Phrasing. It's it's what it says, and if Pedialyte didn't want me to call it infant flavored, they should have fixed it.
0: <laughs> they shouldn't have called it. I don't know what infants taste
2: like, Kate.
1: You don't know how I know? No, oh, Jesus. taste like
0: <laughs> <The> Star Wars.
2: <laughs> hey y'all, how many how many dead babies does it take to flavor Pedialyte? One. Depends on how much okay. you blend them up.
0: Oh. Oh. oh, oh no. That wasn't even that good of a joke, Dad.
2: Dead baby jokes aren't good. That's the point. <laughs>
0: Some of them are They're funny. dead baby jokes. <laughs>
1: Chris
2: so that one dead wasn't that funny. Dead baby jokes are fantastic. Yeah, Chris they're pretty good. At me.
1: <laughs> Chris loves dead baby jokes and puns and, and dad jokes. And none of this is congruous. But uh, here we are.
0: I know. Wow, we are this is a new kind of punchy. This is a Sunday <laughs> afternoon early evening punchy <laughs> <laughs> where we are just avoiding talking about Star Wars. Um so, who wants to talk about Phys and Gore and why he's like problematic
2: Voldemort <laughs> as opposed to all those unproblematic Voldemorts out there. <laughs> well, sure.
1: Well, it's it's interesting how um we get this uh, this expansion really in this novel on um, on droid rights because it's a kind of a, th- a bit of a throwaway line in Solo when L three is um, you know talking about these sorts of things and there's that one scene uh, when they're on Castle and she's freeing all the droids but it's kind of played up for laughs um, and I've and we talked on this pod before about how droid rights never really um, get addressed in star wars i think the last time we talked about that was with phasma and how um uh Brendal hux just basically destroyed an entire droid civilization because <laughs> he just shut them all down and i was a little bit horrified because you know droids and Wars are pretty sentient um they've got feelings and shit uh so i'm kind of glad that this book comes back around to to talking about these things especially in such a Amazing supervillain is Fizn Gore, the original Star Wars Frankenstein, or whatever the fuck you want to call him.
0: Yes, um, except for like we do get we do get a fair amount of like obviously droids are very sentient in Star Wars, but like I recently rewatched the uh, I don't know what the arc is called when when Anakin loses uh R two because mm-hmm. he's being a idiot and (laughs) not paying attention and following directions as usual and then they have like the the gold droid that comes in and is a spy bad bad um yeah yeah uh but it's like uh it's funny because it's i feel like it's like not very obi-wan but obi-wan comes in and he's like like basically like our two units are a dime a dozen get yourself another one you crazy Stop forming attachments.
1: Well, that's because Obi-Wan, like, like for 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 all that these, he's a great Jedi, and he's a sympathetic character, and we love him and all that stuff. He's mad fucking racist,
2: so... No <laughs> loose wire jokes, Obi-Wan.
1: Like, the the number of times he calls various um, space civilizations, you know, like things or animals or monsters or whatever is kind of astronomical. So here we are with him saying that R2 is not a good dog.
0: <laughs> R2 is the best dog. I know.
1: <laughs> ah.
0: Anyway, and obviously that comes back to bite all of them in the ass. So mm-hmm. just just a good reminder that droids matter. Um we talked about Phasma in episodes 37 through 41. You should go listen to them if you want.
1: Thank you. Um so Chris, I know you wanted to talk about how Faison talks about how he's all about droid rights. Um but Yeah, he's
2: really? he's all about droid rights <laughs> by is he so- through his like magical transmitter that, like, gives him control over droids and makes them murder bots. Like, what if droids don't want to be murder bots?
1: I know. Like, we we uh, throughout the book we've got we've had seri- various droids like try to resist that reprogramming, and they're just like, wait, oh no, I don't like this. <laughs> it was so sad.
0: I know. Yeah, I like, don't like trying to
2: make them murder bots. What was his name? DRX, whatever. Like, didn't want to be a murder bot.
1: Mm-mm. It kind of reminds me of- Coffee um, bot
2: might have wanted to be a murder bot. Oh my god,
1: stop. Um, it kind of reminds me of- um, it, 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 It's in a motherfucking Attack of the Clones, right? Where um, 3PO's head gets stuck on a battle body, and he's just like, wait a minute, I don't actually want to kill people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's like one of those. Um, he's
2: beside himself, really.
1: I hate you. Um... <laughs> um but yeah, also, he's the one who's like making all these droids and maintaining them. And, you know, he's making these, uh, these, these, again, creepy Frankenstein ass droids. They kind of, re- honestly, kind of remind me of, um, Sid's toys in Toy Story, where they're all like just like pieced together from random oh, yeah. shit. Um, oh, yeah. random shit. Uh, child wookie arms, you know, normal stuff. Uh, but, you know, he, there's nothing cyborg about gore at all. Like, he has no droid parts, and I don't think he would willingly, like, saw off his leg or something to replace a droid leg. Like, he would just find somebody else.
2: Yeah, when's Fizen gonna gamble with the little features and give up one of his arms?
1: Right? Uh
0: (laughs) He's not going to. He's not not
2: going to.
1: Anyway, he's a big fat, hypocritical numpty, and I... Besides being creepy, I don't like him for that. (laughs) Yeah,
2: he it's just a like s-
0: fucking creep.
2: Yeah, it's he. The interesting thing about him was just how quickly he got creepy. Like I almost like would have liked a little more background on why he loves fucking droids so much.
1: Yeah, I was kind of waiting for like I don't know. Like Chris and I, um, we're talking about the book off pod. Q Keith yelling at us. Uh,
2: <laughs> no
0: talking off pod
1: <laughs> ever to your spouse. Um, that's right. <laughs> uh well but we were talking off pod uh like we were we were having a disagreement as to whether we thought um Gore was a little bit off his rocker before all the fuck shit happened with him getting kidnapped and stuff, or if that or if him you know kind of going droid crazy as it were was a result of you know what happened to him. And we don't really have an answer for that. Chris thinks that he was crazy to start with, and I don't. um, Just because, you know, traumatic incidents are often inciting factors for having um, symptoms of psychological problems. But, yeah, I, I, like, definitely think that that, if if that's true, if my my theory is true, then it's a pretty quick turnaround. It took them all 24 hours to be like, nah, gonna murder my friend to give you a new arm, my guy.
0: Yeah, I think we just don't have enough info, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Other than, I don't know that, I don't know that that portion of the story necessarily felt rushed, but I like wanted more of his backstory to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, but I think that's like also part of good writing is like, I want more, Totally. <laughs> but also you gave me enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just have so many questions about that and the backstory there. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess uh we're just blend blending people up now sure great
2: (laughs) yeah and i mean we we're we're so used to getting all this backstory for star wars villains right because obviously like obviously we have vader we don't we have a little bit of palpatine from the prequels and presumably we'll get more at some point uh we have thrawn obviously a lot we have kylo ren we don't have snoke
1: and even like smaller villains you know like boba fett has a whole backstory now in the clone wars
2: he does yeah And Phasma has a backstory, too. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's interesting. I do, I wonder if we're ever going to get, if we're ever going to see Phyzen again, or if it's just going to be, you know, he is a minor villain in Star Wars. This was his story. And, like, he tried to take over the galaxy. He failed.
1: Right. I'd love to see him become somebody like Vidian, where, like, as eventually there are a lot of short stories about him, where they kind of fill out his backstory.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. I would love just a... Like, a, kind of a young in short story. Because, yeah, I feel like short story would have to be the medium, right?
1: Right. Like, did he just, like, cut up lizards on Utapau or, like, when he was a kid? Or, like, what what, what went on there? Yeah. How also, old was he
0: when he was in med school? Sorry for asking.
1: Um, Probably med school age. Yeah. <laughs> That's what
2: I assume. Whatever that translates for for Pauwens.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: Wait, so I have one question. No. So, like, when oh. Cly is like, begging for his life or, like, trying to, like, bargain for his life in that last Faison interlude, he, like, says something about, like, Faison was sending money to his parents, and then Faison just laughs at him, but, like, what, where was Faison sending money to? Did, did anybody else figure that out? Because I was confused about that.
1: I kind of wondered if he was, like, socking away money to, like, be building up his yeah, cult. that's like, fair. Like, maybe yeah, it was just- Yeah, that's what I assumed, like but- maybe, Like, maybe he killed his parents and then just kept using their family account or something.
2: Okay. I'm 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 fine with that answer. I just like was a little confused about that.
0: Okay. I don't think it was anything good, Chris.
2: Yeah, probably not. He <laughs> was he was building up the the slush fund for the crazy monastery.
1: Which was some shit. Yeah. Um speaking of being racist against droids, uh here is Han Solo.
2: Yeah, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Han does not like droids. I mean, like, Obviously, is there and- some
0: backstory there? <laughs> I'm like, because he really doesn't. He really also hates three PO a lot. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel, like shit, I feel like I feel like this is like a throwback to how much he hates three PO. Like, obviously, like Goldenrod, the professor.
1: I think he just hates things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, hates he barely anything. tolerates That's people.
2: To be fair, yeah, he just hates
1: things. Yeah, great point. <laughs> so, but yeah, no.
2: Um, and obviously he's rude to the coffee bot.
1: Yes, at the beginning. And
2: he did, and he's not particularly a fan of their protocol droid either.
1: Sure isn't.
0: Um... I feel like he hates all protocol droids. <laughs> he's like, they know too much. Get away from me.
1: Also, like, they're the exact opposite of him. Like, their their entire point is, like, be, like... Etiquette, etiquette motherfuckers, and he's just here like, I don't want to wear shirts, goodbye. <laughs> now I'm sad
2: that Han probably never got wear to meet shirts. Uh, K2.
1: Hmm? I'm
2: sad Han never got to meet K2. Hmm. They would have hated each other so much.
1: That would have been excellent, though.
2: That would have been good. That <laughs> would have been funny.
1: Um, Chris, did you want to talk a little bit about the droid I don't. I know we don't get a lot of information here. I have heard tell that there's more information in the comics, but I haven't read
2: them. It's not so much in the com. Well, it, maybe it is in the comics, and I haven't read it yet. Um, I I've gotten the most information about them from "Most Wanted" by Ray Carson. Which, if you want a free copy of that, you should leave us a review on iTunes. Um,
1: stay tuned for more. Yeah. Giveaway directions. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but it's interesting because, like, Keeks, you say like what? Uh, like what is the background of Han hating droids? And one interesting thing about "Most Wanted." Is that he doesn't really hate droids, and he like befriends a droid who then joins the droid Gotra, and then the droid Gotra like him. Like, so like I'm wondering if that's just huh. a little bit of a continuity error for plot's sake, or if it's like something happened, like the droid Gotra just got more and more crazy, and he's like, we should run away from these people, droids, hmm. and things, <laughs> droids and creatures.
0: Things. Was there anything? I don't know. I haven't. I need it to come out so I can watch it more. Um, was there anything in solo with him having bad blood with droids? Not really. No. Not thinking about I didn't think so either. He but... doesn't
2: really interact with L three.
0: Well yeah, but L am the only major thinking, like, droid in solo. Well yeah, I'm thinking of minor. I'm thinking of anything else that I would have missed. Um but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. It, it's a it's an interesting question. I mean, knowing Lucasfilm will flesh it out because it is such a big part of his character. It's probably not a continuity thing. It's probably like they will get to it or give us an explanation at some point if they feel like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, and I could see it you know, like this is total speculation, but just knowing what we know about Han's character, like we know he grew up super poor and like a coffee bot and protocol droids are like those are things that rich people have.
1: Yeah, it probably makes him, like, really uncomfortable, because he's, like, he's, like, he's, I don't know if he's necessarily, like, proud of his background, but there's something about it, like, he's, like, this is, like, it's just very, very intrinsic in him, you know, and it, like, uh, he he really, like, wears that chip on his shoulder. Oh, absolutely. Even after he marries Leia, and he's basically, I don't know, New Republic royalty, so.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, we see a lot of that in this. He just, he always wants to get back to that life to a certain extent. Anyway, so all of all of Han's feelings about droids add up to in addition to Gore being nuts because he's trying to like wipe out tons of life everywhere in the galaxy. He's also nuts because he like wants to empower droids, like whether he really wants to empower droids or if he's crazy or if he knows that droids are just a means to an end of his own power, like it like it is very set up for Han to just look at someone like Fizen and be like, what?
1: What? Just what? <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, especially sarcastic. He's just so not about it. It's kind of amazing.
2: Yeah, like, you can tell, like, from their interactions, like, he doesn't even respect him.
1: No, I, I especially loved it when no. they, like, went to, went to the, the creep-ass monster and he's just like, like, I don't even care if I'm about to die right now. This is, like, the most undignified, like, way to die ever, because this is the stupidest. I don't know. Like plan for destroying the galaxy he has seen yet and he has seen several yeah i know right
2: <laughs> like he's like i blew up two death stars for this
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah
2: Yeah. wait so to go back to Fizen for a bit do you guys think that he's sincere and just crazy or is he not sincere and like wants to be in power and is using droids as the means for that
1: i think i don't know I, I th- don't know either. I think there's a part of him that, like, due to what happened to him and the nature of life on Utapau, he wants control. But I think he wants control to like feel safe, and droids are an easy way for him to do that because you can reprogram them to do and or be anything you want.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Geeks? Yeah. I don't. I
0: don't know. I I think I need more of I mean not that it would necessarily help that much cuz we're getting him now but I'm like I want to know what his motivations and stuff are um and whether or not he's just like completely not a sane person
1: Yeah I think <laughs> I think he wants to think that he's completely sincere but he actually just wants power but he's also so fucking bonkers that he really mm-hmm. does like he's sincere you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's one of those
2: yeah interesting yeah i don't know because for me like i feel like he's just like mad nutso like <laughs> i feel like
1: wow that's well a clinical term yep mad 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 not so
2: <laughs> nutso. wicked nutso for our northeastern friends Jesus. Uh, um but like because you see like the interlude i don't know it's the third interlude with him or he like is sending the droids after what turns out to be wandering star and he like has his droid army and he's like seems like legitimately sad that like four of his droids got turned to pieces like uh, torn to pieces yeah and like so i feel like he almost has this like patriarchal feeling
1: absolutely toward the droids where it's like
2: I believe that you are all amazing. I am just your father. You know like,
1: what I mean? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, when I say that when I'm comparing him to Dr. Frankenstein, that's exactly how um, Frankenstein feels about his monster. You know, he's just like, what do you mean you have your own feelings and you want your own life? And stuff? You're, you're mine. I made you. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's why he's so mad at number one when number one is just like, I don't think I like this.
2: Number one traitorous bitch.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. But our favorite trader,
2: our bitch. favorite traitorous bitch, is true. <laughs> shout also, out to Mary Shelley. Also, I, I, <laughs> shout out to Mary Shelley. I wasn't going to interrupt this for this, but props to you for referring to him as Frankenstein, which is correct because Frankenstein is the doctor.
0: We know, yeah. Chris.
1: Chris,
2: the internet doesn't know.
1: We How know. many times do I have to remind you that your wife has a whole ass degree in English?
0: I have like a small one.
1: You do. It's true.
2: Just a little. Whole small ass degree in English. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a a sub degree.
1: Speaking of being patriarchal, I think you actually like no, no correct terms for literary things. Oh, really? Do I? <laughs> do I now? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway, we're talking about all three now. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of women who are awesome. Um, right. Yes. So. Again, uh, we 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 have to end this this uh, conversation. About droid rights on L three, obviously, because she is she she is droid rights. Um, but you know she sees right through Gore's plan. Obviously, she's just like you're. This isn't this doesn't make sense if you're controlling droids to free them. Like, for, like the, this is not this is like some sh- some like 1984 shit that you're trying to pull. Where it's just like you, freedom comes because you have no choice or something like that. Yeah.
2: Um. Ooh, that's. I really want to read the solo novelization.
1: Yeah, <laughs> when's is is, that out, Chris?
2: It's out in uh, two weeks. One week, the first half of September.
1: It drops cool. when the the Blu-ray is, right?
2: I think it drops like right before the Blu-ray, <gasps> mm. and the, I, I'm I, I think it. I want to say it drops next week, like the first week of September, and then the Blu-ray drops the second week, if I'm remembering right. But for those who uh when you're listening the a an excerpt of the solo novelization came out on starwars.com this week of the moment when l3 is being joined with the falcons uh intelligence and that is an interesting question what is freedom what is freedom of choice it's
1: true um we're gonna read solo on the pod for a bonus eventually so you know just just yep. keep listening and we'll eventually. figure it out Yeah. <laughs> eventually
0: we'll figure out when we're doing this yes it's going to be released on september 4th
2: oh there you go so next tuesday
1: when this drops sure right
2: this drops this tuesday doesn't it
1: i can't yep. do math
2: when the wrap-up yep, drops sure does
1: <laughs> i don't know what time it's it going is. to
0: drop when the wrap-up drops which is very nice it's going to drop a week from today as you're
2: listening to this yep Yay. assuming we added this in time
1: yes uh um, we will <laughs> <laughs> uh but one of the key aspects of l3's character of course is not only is she for droid rights she she like when i when i kind when i when i when i said just now that's like she kind of is droid rights like i'm not kidding because she is self she really one of the most self-determining droids we've ever seen in star wars oh yeah because she you know one of the key points of her her character and her biography are that she made herself um she's um, a combination of several, I think it's like several droid brains and she's part astromech. Like the, yeah, like the, her torso is from an old astromech and that's um, why she's so freaking smart and she can navigate goddamn anything. Um, but, you know, there's this really beautiful moment in the, in the book where, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's in the, uh, the flashback chapter explaining how she created the um, L3 assault team. And, you know, the way she's thinking about who droids are, what droids are, like, who she is. Um, And first of all, I really love that chapter because um, just getting inside her head. I don't know that we've been inside the mind of a droid quite like her anywhere in Star Wars, Mm -hmm. first of all. So, like, just to see her, um, half of her, like, not listening to Lando and then half of her just, like, processing things like, like seven times faster than the human brain can even go like was fascinating um but she's she's thinking about how she created herself she's going to create these droids and how that's not really so different from being human really because what are humans besides these constantly changing and fluctuating self-determining organisms
2: yeah and it's and it's you you touched on it and just to dive in a little bit just this question of who created l3 and i feel like the kind of the uh bio of her released before solo as like in conjunction with solo is that she is this self-made droid and like what does that mean because obviously like separate machine parts did not like magically come together like so like obviously somewhere in there someone or something created this droid but she talks about it in this question of like it doesn't matter who puts you together it's how you become who you are Mm -hmm. and that's what l3 is all about and that like makes sense why she like hates Fizen so much because Fizen he doesn't want he doesn't want droid freedom he wants droid supremacy
1: Right, which is so not the same thing. Yeah,
2: that's very different. I mean,
1: it's basically like the Separatists using battle droids to like, gain power. It's the same fucking thing in Ugh. principle, really.
2: Oh god, now I really want to know an L3 origin story because one would think that there's a decent chance she was alive during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, because yeah. I, guess, I guess not necessarily, because I guess there's nine years in between the Clone Wars and Solo, but I hope so. We need more L3 if they always like I like I like the standalone anthology movies, but like they're going to need to figure out how they're going to start in a real way tying those into the rest of the galaxy in a more consistent manner and Mm -hmm. like giving people what they want besides a Beckett one shot comic. And also, who wanted that,
1: though? Yeah, that's it. A...
2: Not me. I, I reviewed it. If you haven't read it, I reviewed it for Tashi Station. Um, and my basic point was, if you liked Solo or you liked Beckett, you'll like it. If you didn't, you'll ask who asked for this. Because <laughs> it doesn't add anything to anything. Chris,
0: lo- Chris loves Beckett. If you'd like to know more about that, listen to our Solo bonus episodes. He hates Yeah,
2: ask Beckett me my thoughts monster. about Woody Harrelson. <laughs>
1: Um
0: I won't I won't ask again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
1: what the fuck was I gonna say?
0: Uh shit. I can go if you don't know. Yeah, you
2: talk. So one other what I love about L3's development in this book, I love L3 as a character in this book, and part of what I love about her is that she is obviously not only this like sassy droid who like has her standalone like her, her like her own droid spy network. Which Which
1: is amazing. Yeah.
2: We we gotta we gotta find a, a timeline where she and Three PO meet. Because three PO becomes the spy master for the resistance, obviously. That's right.
1: L3's dish is full of secrets and anyway, we go on. Yep, so true. <laughs> That's why dish is so big.
2: Um <laughs> But she takes she takes this mantra of you know, the self the self made droid to play on the uh not stereotype trope to play on the trope. Um words are hard um
1: words are hard hey kate did you know that frankenstein is actually Doctor Fucking right, Frankenstein? Right, you don't right. want to eat my ass chris
2: um but she takes it a step further and actually creates self-perpetuating droids uh, you know as perverse as 3po would have thought it was
1: how perverse um, <laughs> um sorry
2: <laughs> but and it's and it just like it is i guess to l3 kind of the final evolution of what like so you have Fizen's vision for the future and you have l3's vision for the future and l3's vision for the future defeated Mm -hmm.
1: Mhm. totally which is super fucking cool oh yeah about it um uh the thing that uh one thing that i wanted to mention um chris i know you haven't seen it because you're a bad person but Kristen, have you seen the iron giant
0: no i've never seen anything
1: oh my god God, you people kill me. Anyway, um, The Iron Giant is this um uh, uh, animated movie from Brad Bird. Like I think it was released back in the nineties, but it's basically like a modern animation classic, and it's on Netflix, so y'all have no fucking excuse. Okay, cool. Including the both of you. Um, but basically, it, it does. It's um the premise is that there is this um boy who lives in a very rural area area during the Cold War, and a um crazy giant Russian robot just, like, crash lands uh, near his house because it's, you know, Russia's trying to send this giant, like, murder bot uh, to, I don't know, fuck up the U.S. or whatever the fuck. Um, But when it crash lands, it loses its memory. And so it's kind of learning all over again, like, who am I and what am I and, you know, what am I doing here and what's my purpose, ultimately. Um, And this kid is basically teaching this huge fucking robot how to be human and which comes into play um very importantly in the climax you know where he has to he kind of has to make this choice as to um what is his programming you know who does he want to be um but one of the key another one of the key um features of this huge fucking robot is that he's self-preparing um mm-hmm. he's got mm-hmm. this like homing beacon on his head where um You know if he loses a part it'll come back to him and things like that and it's just like it just reminds me so so much of l3 and these like constant questions we have and and they're more important even now that we're developing ai and so many things are becoming um automated and we have like you know we make jokes all the time about like siri and and alexa and all those sort of um voice assistants but these are these are real moral and ethical questions that we're gonna have to grapple with and i kind of hope we grapple with them a little bit better than they do in the galaxy far, far away, where they're having, like, fucking droid fights, like, dog fights and things like that? You know? It's just, uh, like, again, L3's kind of treated it as a little bit of a punchline, I feel like, in Solo, like, the movie, but the points he's bringing up are just really, really relevant right now in kind of a scary way.
2: You know what I really want? What? You know how we always get these rumors that Benicio Del Toro is in talks for a Star Wars movie? Do the Not movie. sorry, no. um, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. I every time, man. Um, uh, and Insert and, joke about you being white. Uh, now? yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's it, yeah. Um, but we always get these rumors that Guillermo del Toro is in talks to direct a Star Wars movie, and nothing has ever come of any of these. Like, there's there's no reason to think that they're true at all. But can you imagine Guillermo del Toro doing? A movie centered around droids.
1: That'd be fucking baller.
2: Just like Sounds the droid, like underside of the universe. That'd be so cool. that
1: would be down. It'd be great. And he would probably do a better uh, job than that fucking droid arc in Clone Wars that everyone fucking hates.
2: <laughs> Yo, sure do. You know Everybody's what I learned saying though? about that on Twitter right now? <laughs> Not everybody hates that arc, though.
1: Who doesn't hate that? People arc?
2: love. Some people love that arc.
1: Okay may god bless and keep all of you people i yes. know right seriously
2: <laughs> i i'm i am not a fan personally people, some people do love that like because i remember um
0: can people can you explain what the droid art
2: yeah so this people? is the arc oh, with um uh colonel meber gascon who is the tiny little um i want to say he's he kind of strikes me as uh one of the little guys like the parapa cartel
1: yeah that's exactly how i pictured him
2: yeah, yeah. that's how so that's or at least that's, I pictured them like him. Yeah. Um, but he's a little dude and he goes on a undercover mission with f- three astromechs and a, like, repair bot. It's yeah. like some, some four or five droids.
1: D-Squad.
2: D-Squad. And they crash land on this, like, empty planet, eventually find a civilization, um, and end up Saving the day and saving, like, the this big Republic military conference.
1: Right, but it's like this four or five episode arc with just um, this this loudmouth guy and these droids and the re- fucking repair bot who's fucking um, make number, I can't remember right now. Yeah. It's just this kind of, like, mouthy, sassy, idiotic, like, you know, everything that I hate in the world, basically, yeah. <laughs> is this droid.
2: <destroyed>. But, um... <laughs> So when clone like in the past few months, as Clone Wars has been, you know, obviously uh, Clone Wars Saved was announced, and uh, StarWars.com is doing a rewatch uh, in order, and like, so they did an article about like, poet like asking StarWars.com writers, "What is your favorite arc?" And like, three of them said the <laughs> that droid arc was their favorite.
1: This is a small sample size and unscientific.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was very, it was very like film Twitter reasons. It was very, because, like, because it's, like, different and, like, has a message and things. Which, like, I'm not, well, I shit on film Twitter as an entity. I'm not shitting on those reasons for liking it because, like, I, like, I feel like there's definitely a lot of room to do stuff like that in Star Wars that hasn't really been explored. Um, but that was a lot of their reasoning.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, like, how a lot of uh film, film Twitter loves the Zillow Beast arc because of its references to Godzilla, but... Um, I'm one of those people who didn't actually grow up with Godzilla, so I don't give a flying fuck, and so I hate them.
0: <laughs> I think the guy that you hate, isn't he, uh, WAC, W-A-C-4-7?
1: Yes, thank you! Yeah, I looked
0: it up for you.
1: WAC is, in fact, WAC. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, right now I'm just angry inside about that fucking droid arc that went on for so fucking long.
2: Oh, so long.
1: Uh... But getting back to things that make me feel things other than angry, uh, I just wanted a a sidebar here since we're talking about droid rights and we're talking about L3. This book gave me so many L3 feels, like, holy fuck! (laughs) I know. I almost cried at that moment where, um, two of the, um, L3 assault team save Lando from, uh, the exploding phalanx, And, you know, he's just, like, he, like, he, like, kind of gets knocked out by explosion for a hot second, and then he wakes up and he's just like, am I in heaven? Is L three angels like what is happening to me? <laughs> like, like, oh no, I haven't seen you in so long, and I was just like, oh my god, stop it. <laughs> it was really sad. Like,
2: yeah, I, I kind of want to talk more next episode about L three and Lando's relationship, and like looking at Solo in this in combination. But there's, it's interesting.
1: Why aren't we talking about that now? It's on the outline.
2: Well, I mean, we can continue. Well, I think there's both. Like things no. in the next outline too no. okay okay we can talk about it now <laughs> um but yeah it's interesting because we do get a lot of well we do get more l3 and lando relationship in this book and obviously we got it in solo but like i feel like one of the one one uh criticism i saw of kind of the story of this book is like why would Lando have gone into droid making after the war because like if he was you know so devoted to L3 and obviously L3 is not a fan of creating service droids or of of having droids exist purely for servitude which is now Lando's profession like there's a little bit of a conflict in there and so like i think one interesting thing in this book and one kind of question that I want to talk about is, like, how how much of an impact on Lando do we think L3 had?
1: I mean, I think he, you know, we're, we're, always, jo- we're always joking, the fandom is always joking, that, like, R2 is, like, the dog, you know? He's, mm-hmm. like, he's a good dog. He is so helpful and everything. But, you know, no one ever really sees him as more than that, and I don't think anyone, in, like, in-universe sees him as more than that. And I I don't think Lando... You know he he cared about l3 like he he, he respected her um, you know he, he cared about the like you know he was sympathetic to um, her her causes and things like that but he was I think in like when you when you are taught inherently that you know a droid is a droid a droid is a droid you know I don't think I, I don't think that you know respecting l3 as a thing like a being um is incompatible with him respecting her as a thing.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: You know,
0: so it's an interesting distinction, Kate.
1: Yeah. Like and, and you know, we see it in other droids as well, you know. We've got Chopper, of course, on Star Wars Rebels, and um, while he's like helpful and he's like an integral part of the team and stuff, like you still have you still have Hera like threatening him and things like, Well, if you don't fucking, you know, stop bugging me, I'm gonna pull your battery out. Like, that's kind of horrifying, right? Like he's like, I'm just gonna like <laughs> i will turn you off sort of thing or even like you know i think other parallels chris and i just like binge watched uh, the first season of the good place because that's all it's gonna oh, look like. so good it is so good. so good but also you know there's uh, you know there's an actress who's playing janet who's technically a robot and uh, you know they they pretty much everybody treats her like a robot you know they just, here's the kill switch like how do i turn you off like you know, like all those, like I think I don't know. This is it's not thinking that's, um, you know, this is not this. I don't think this is a new way of thinking about um, artificial intelligence. I think I think this is a distinction that exists in pretty much all of science fiction.
2: Yeah, put Darcy Cardin in yeah. Star Wars, you cowards. <laughs>
0: um, it. I think the thing that's a little bit different, maybe, about Janet is like she is continually telling people yes i am a database <laughs> that's it
1: it's you true you know what i mean yeah that's like
2: true. she's self-aware in like a weird in like a different way
0: Sure. yeah and in a really interesting way like obviously all three knows that she's a droid right yeah but like she i don't know she 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 has a lot more humanoid characteristics i think than janet does she's like you know if you ask janet to do something like human she's like i doesn't compute well, basically
1: well here's the thing though that i think is is like kind of counters that a little bit is that you know <laughs> on on the good place you know janet's like every time i get a reboot i i she basically grows you know as a quote yeah. person and one of the criticisms also uh between uh last shot and solo is that some people felt that l3's characterization was really inconsistent um, You know, we have her here, like, basically saving the galaxy, and she doesn't get any of Lando's jokes and all that other stuff, and then you get Solo and she's like, you know, making lewd comments and all this other stuff, and I, and, and people think it doesn't match up, but I think that's kind of, that, that sort of example of L3 growing and becoming more quote-unquote human, is that she understands these jokes now, sort of thing. It doesn't, I don't know, it did weird me out, I think, as much yeah, as other people. Yeah, that's fair
0: yeah it's no, totally fair
2: no and i i agree just to kind of go back to the lando point for a second i really agree with you kate i think that i see lando i don't see lando as being ever even in solo this kind of hero for droid rights and being that affected by l3 i think he oh, personally no. obviously has a very close relationship with l3 uh whether that was a romantic relationship is implied certainly but unconfirmed because who knows that was that was almost certainly a lord and miller scene and a throwaway that may or, may or may not maybe or maybe not should have been in the movie yeah. but womp, womp. Um, <laughs> but i also think like i don't know i don't want to ascribe perfection to lando's at adi- like i don't i don't want, I don't want to like turn lando into like a droid's rights advocate just because he, like, knew L3, you know? Like, I think it's, like, fair that he, like, lived in a galaxy that is prejudiced against droids for, like, many reasons and, like, could have thought that L3 was an exceptional droid, could have thought she was a great droid, could have thought she was a great friend and, like, better than any other droid. But that doesn't mean that he thought better of other droids and I think it's clearly, it's pretty clear from this uh, book and his future as, you know, being the head of Calrissian Enterprises... That he didn't, like, L3 didn't really have that big an impact on him. She had an impact on him as an individual, but not as a droid.
1: Totally. Yep.
2: And then, as for L3's characterization, and we talked a little bit about this in our solo wrap up, and I wanna say it was a question from Semi Rose uh, Maya on Twitter, um, who felt like the characterization was just didn't make a lot of sense between this, uh, between Last Shot and Solo. And I said at the time, I didn't really agree. Um, and just to, And I said I would expand on it when we read Last Shot. And just to expand on it now, I think we see... I do think it's growth, as you say, Kate. I also think we see a side of L3 in this book where she is very mission-oriented because this is her passion. Like, she's been hunting down whatever gore is doing. In his like weird grotesque experiments with droids, and she hates it, and she is focused on the mission. And in Solo, she doesn't particularly want to be there. She doesn't want to be going to Kessel. She thinks this whole thing is stupid. <laughs> so, like, why would she be? Why wouldn't she be taking it less seriously and like gossiping a little bit? And like, I think, I don't know. Sorry, you look like you want to say something.
1: No, I mean, it, you know, it's, I think, I, I agree with that. And I think just like to kind of like um, coalesce those ideas, um, you know. We're, t- we're talking about characters wh- who cross-media and have long histories, and they contain multitudes, or at least they should if they're good yes. characters. And so, you know, why can't L3 be both?
2: Absolutely. And and it's... I think the root of it is, if we want these characters to be fully built-out, multidimensional characters, we need to allow them to be fully built-out, multidimensional characters.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yep.
2: And that's why I didn't see... Solo L3 versus Last Shot L3 being in conflict, personally.
1: Right. And there are folks who are drawing this distinction between, you know, again, as you said, L3 in the novel being really mission-focused, and then her focusing a little bit more on her, you know, quote-unquote, um, feminine programming, sexuality sort of thing. Why is that a bad thing? Like, why why can't we talk about that? I don't I don't get it. Like, th- like they're using it as a criticism, as if to say, like, she seems dumber, and I'm like, I don't understand why... Female sexuality makes a female character dumb, but okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 a whole different thing. And certain and certainly and Is
1: it though? <laughs> is it a whole different thing? I don't think it is.
2: I mean I No, I mean like the denigration of quote unquote traditional Feminine attitudes as anti-feminist sure. is, is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a whole different thing as in, like, larger than Star Wars. Sure. Um, um, I, I mean, I think, is there something to say that the scene between L3 and Kira was not particularly well written and was very clearly written by dudes and thrown in mm-hmm. without, like, greater thinking about what it meant for the universe? Yes. I I am happy to agree with that. Totally. I just also think if we're looking at it from an in-universe perspective, which like, look, there's different ways to look at things. For the purpose of this podcast, we look, we're look we looking at things in-universe. From an in-universe perspective, everything else set aside, I didn't necessarily see that characterization of L3 as out of place.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, I think L3 got a bad edit, is what I think.
1: Agree.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> right. question there.
0: Like, I think they probably had more material and there's stuff that they could have swapped out and things like that to, I think, like, at her core, it was the correct characterization. But what we got to see of her in the movie is not, mm-hmm. not totally, ch- like, you you can't really get, you don't really get book L3 from movie L3, but you can see how they're, you know, the same droid after you read both
1: totally i think i i I totally agree with
2: that yeah so building on that what do we what what do we want out of l3 in the canon going forward more (laughs) besides more i mean i feel like we all agree that we want more and i feel like we all agreed after solo that we want more
1: i was just like i mean it's it's me and i love uh, i love talking about robots and sci-fi and shit like that so like what obviously the things i want to see are um you know, her her putting herself together, like, how does she come to that decision? Like, wh- what is she like before and after? Um, Is it after she meets Lando or before that? That sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just want more. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't care what capacity it's in.
1: Like Legit.
2: <laughs> more. More.
1: I want the L3 assault team also.
2: Yo, that's what I was going to say. To me, like, True. the idea that she, like, like she basically played God. Like, she created droids in her image and implanted her intelligence in them like there are now do we know how many there are 7
1: something, 4 something like that and they keep making each other right and they
2: keep well they all have they have the ability to keep creating each other mm-hmm. absolutely we didn't i don't I don't know how exactly how many i don't remember but Neither. there is some number there is some handful of L3s out there essentially like copies of L3 and so like it is absolutely conceivable that we can continue to get L3 as a character in perpetuity doing like either working as a group like an l3 assault team like buddy cop fun like action series or working independently and like living their own lives because it's l3 they have they they have that choice that's the thing
1: which which would be fun um it's that would be really reminiscent of some of the I think the best episodes of the Clone Wars where you see the clones as individuals mmm. Um, And, you know, they all make different choices. I'm really thinking about, like, Cut Laquane here, who, um, the clone who deserted to start a family sort of thing. Like, you know, L3 is obviously, as as we've been saying, is super self-determining. So why wouldn't her counterparts be as well? The other fun thing would be, like, if, like, this is so not going to happen, but, you know, can you imagine a swarm of L3s just trying to fuck up Kylo Ren? Because that'd be really fucking funny. That'd be so good
2: Uh, give it to me (laughs) give me l3 in episode nine you cowards
1: oh my god shut up
2: um but yeah and also i would love l3 kind of putting herself together or gaining her consciousness during the clone wars and that uh influencing her view of the bad rap that clones get in the galaxy or excuse me that droids get in the galaxy
1: i want her to meet chopper
2: oh my god she would hate chopper so much or oh, would she would she? also love him.
1: <laughs> or would she?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just want to see her interacting with other droids we know.
1: Hell yeah.
2: This is why Guillermo del Toro doing a droid movie would be so fascinating. It'd be fun. Just, like, thinking about what he's done with non-human characters in the past and just, like, the different ways that he tells stories. It would mm-hmm. be fascinating. Mm-hmm. So,
1: then, speaking of self-determining characters... Um, we were talking a little bit last time um, about Lando and Han and their character arcs through all of what is Star Wars right now that we know of. Um, and of course, here we finally get to their conclusion. And it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious that um, L3 uh, ruminating on how people or beings or whatever the hell create themselves um, is just this metaphor writ large for the entire book and all the characters in it. Um, and we really see that at the end with um, Han and Lando just trying to decide, you know, what they're doing with their futures, um, figuring out who who they're going to be and how. Um, so just, you know, there's there's not a whole lot to add to that, but just like really quickly to talk about where, where they wind up, how they manage to reconcile all the parts of who they are.
0: I mean, I don't think we get that in this book for Han, right? <laughs> oh, I
2: kind of do. Uh, do you? Yeah, I disagree with that a little bit because for me... I feel like this is kind of a foundational. Are you rolling your eyes or are you tired? Oh, I'm just sitting. Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't tell if I did something wrong.
1: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> um, I see this. I see Han's story is a little bit of a like. In much of the way as like Solo was like a foundational story for that phase of his life. I see that phase is ended and this is like foundational for like the next phase of his life. And obviously we don't know about the next phase of his life other than it eventually ends poorly. But like we don't know anything for the next 32 years or so. But I could see yeah, I this being... I think
0: we're actually making the same point, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I meant like I. I meant like I, we don't get to see how he goes from where he is at the end of this book to where we know he ends up. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: So yes, we're agreement...
1: Well, I feel like this is more of a character development for him, as opposed to when he decides to fuck off after um, Ben turns evil. I think w- I think that's that second thing is more of a trauma reaction, as opposed to a character outgrowth.
2: Yeah, like to me, I I see more of like actual characterization of Han in Bloodline, where we see him and Leia having this really str- this relationship that is really strong because they can be apart or together.
1: Right, like this is the basis for them figuring out how their marriage is going to work. And then from there, you know, we get to the point Bloodline was just like, they've been doing this for, you know, 30 odd years. And like, this is how their marriage works. Like yeah. they got there. Yay.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, to me, and, and maybe this is just kind of me reading myself into it because this is very much a theme that I've been working on in therapy lately. But like hmm. getting to the point in your life where you are able to meet your obligations, but also fulfill your own needs. And I feel like...
0: Adulthood!
2: Um, yeah. And, like, I feel like this book is about figuring out, like, we know what his obligations are. His obligations are Leia and Ben. But his ability to get away from them enough to keep coming back to them is his way of fulfilling his own needs. And then, like, racing obviously becomes the outlet for that. Absolutely. Um. So that's why I just, I I see this as a little bit more of a, you know foundational is too strong a word but like a a jumping off point for the next phase of han's life
1: but chris don't you think that like not thinking about your kids 24 7 makes han a bad dad like it's super abusive actually and that's why kylo's evil
2: (sighs) i'm quitting the pod (laughs) (laughs) Uh, twist
1: wow Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Keeks, do you have any more Han feelings?
0: No, I think Chris actually summed them up very well. Um, yeah, it was more just like we don't... We I want to know more about what happens to him that between here and when he gets stabbed real hard.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's. I mean,
0: it's just me. I, it's not top of my list for backstories i need but uh i do kind of want to know what the fuck happens
1: no i I, no 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 that's fine i just got stuck on this get stabbed real hard bit for 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 yeah but you know sorry thanks for that (laughs) Uh, you know what i want what i just
2: thought of it but now i really want it (laughs) what i want a just really fun campy series of books about han setting up races across the galaxy and like han is like a tangential character but not the main character because obviously then it's boring because you end up knowing what happens
1: wait can we have like a like a star wars sports movie about han basically
2: or not even a movie yo that would be that would be a fun video game Ooh. star wars racer
1: i would do that. not star wars pod racing
2: on playstation
1: oh my god fuck you i would actually love that a lot
2: That'd like, be so fun. I know,
1: like the challenge like the the challenges in it, like kind of just like they, they suggest themselves, really. <laughs> so And you could
2: actually do a bit of story in there.
1: I wanna be Greer. Yeah,
2: Greer. Anyway, that was that was a tangent, but I just thought of that and I just I like I want it to be fun and campy and like someone like a Chuck Wendig or like even potentially Dana Jose older, although I think he Give it to me his range is just so wide that he may not be the best choice for this particular thing but just just like fun and campy like that chuck we're talking to you make it happen chuck <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so moving on to lando um i really like the end he comes to where you know he's talking to kasha and they're trying to figure out what they're doing with themselves and lando says you know basically what we've been saying this whole time like why can't it be both you know, why can't, why can't I contain multitudes too? Yup. Um, which I think is brilliant. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, representation, especially in terms of Lando in such X episode. But I think it's, for so many reasons, it's so important to have him, you know, have this moment of self-determination um, where he marries all these sides of himself and becomes a super fully flushed character. Um, and you know, has this whole future full of opportunities because he's all of these things.
2: Absolutely. I, I loved where Lando ends up in this. And I loved that it's so different from Han.
0: Absolutely. Because
2: he's not yeah. settling down. I mean, he is settling down in the sense that he is, you know, committing to Kasha as a partner. And we know that he like likes being settled down on Cloud City, etc. But like, he is not committing to being a perfect husband and like being a family man. He is saying, this is who I am. I want to meet you, not necessarily in the middle, but I want to meet you somewhere along the way. But this is still going to be who I am.
1: Right. And I mean, I don't think Kasha herself, like, really, you know, wants a traditional, you know, family life either, which is why they're so good together. But, um, you know, absolutely. I mean, I can see Lando. Being one of those people who has, like, you know, we were always talking about, like, quote-unquote non-traditional marriages, whatever the fuck that means. But, you know, like, one of those situations. And I think that's important to have in Star Wars now that we have, you know, at least in the books, a lot of representation of, like, blended families and, you know, queer families and all this other stuff. I think that's mm-hmm. super significant.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, and I think we're going to talk more about it in the wrap, but I think... Uh jose older d what djo can we just call him djo is that okay
1: yeah i do that um
0: <laughs> uh, dj i think djo just does an amazing job of writing this so it feels very genuine and real and authentic mm-hmm. and not like fucking square peg round hole i don't know anything Absolutely about these people and I'm trying to write them yeah
1: yeah yeah totally like he doesn't try to like stick Lando in like this this box of I'm going to be you know this dashing hero and whatever the fuck and just you know just go live in my castle with Kasha who I rescued etc whatever the fuck cause, like what the hell would that be that would just be really fucked up and weird um but fuck what was I gonna say
0: I think we're gonna talk more about it though yeah cause rep uh,
1: yes <laughs> But no, you're 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 absolutely right about that. I, I I yeah no, could not fucking agree more. Oh, the other thing I was gonna say was that like I felt like the ending was like for for both Lando and Han. Like I felt like both of them had like really sweet endings or happy endings, but without being saccharine, which I really yeah. appreciated because it's I think it's like when you're you know this book is a little bit of a romance basically for both of them, and it's so easy to fall into those traps of just making it like super fucking gross and drippy and that's not what he did here but you know it felt real but it felt happy it felt you know it felt good
2: (laughs) yeah i have one more thing to say on lando and listeners you're going to want to turn your volume down because kate's going to scream what (laughs) what if lando and kasha have little happy babies and they're mentored by jason cindula
1: I've been talking to Chris like ever since we finished this book I've just been like you know we know Lando's gonna be a nine and I'm like what if what if we just have like Kasha hanging out in the background helping out with the rebellion and there are little happy kids running around looking however they do because you know apparently.
2: Or they could join the rebellion with Lando. Yes. They'd be 25-ish Yeah. In the new, new trilogy. Mm-hmm.
1: I bet they'd be great pilots.
2: It'd be about Billy Lord aged. I bet. About uh excuse me Lieutenant Connick's aged. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> told you.
1: If, what if. Oh, broccoli would be such a good big brother for the little blueberries!
2: Yep. Hera and Kasha oh. would get along so well.
1: Oh my god, so well. Yes. Anyway,
2: so that is our show as some or all of our little mini disc- sidebar discussion may have been cut out depending on how Keeks is feeling on Monday.
1: Broccoli mentorship! <laughs>
2: um, our next episode, we are going to be wrapping up Last Shot.
1: Blotchy blueberry children!
2: We're going to be wrapping up oh Last Shot by so Daniel true. Jose Older.
1: Not to be confused with us for having children, because I don't know where he is, and I don't want him to just,
2: uh, no, I don't want He and Thrawn are him. having the bluest berries. Yup, 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 that's in your head. That's what I was trying our next to, book is not going to say. To, our next book is going to be Aftermath, Life Debt by Chuck Wendig. You
1: motherfucker.
2: <laughs> Returning to the Aftermath trilogy, we're all very excited about that. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, book Wars Pod on all those platforms. Email us at bookwarspod at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. We are one review away as of recording time from giving away a copy of Most Wanted by Ray Carson. We want to give this book to you. We, you, we know you want this book. Help us help you. You have a one in 15 chance of getting this book, if you leave us a review.
1: Actually, your odds are better than that. So.
2: Your odds are better than that.
1: Yes, because some people have not been following directions.
2: So. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, if you want a chance to win Most Wanted, leave a review on iTunes—not just a rating, an actual review with at least one sentence.
1: You've got like literally one in nine chance. That's pretty fucking good.
2: And then just send us a screenshot via DM or email or whatever. Just. So we know, and basically telling us who you are, so we know what the different usernames are.
0: I have a great example. You can say five stars quote. Sometimes they are drunk quote. Yep. Submit.
2: <laughs> Accurate. And and you know what? That'll be fine.
0: We'd love it. We'd love a five-star review. We,
2: we sure do. In the meantime, if you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give to us on Coffee. It helps us cover our hosting and production costs, and it helps us raise the money to put some swag together for y'all next year around Star Wars Celebration Chicago time. We're about 39% of the way there to having the money to create some buttons and maybe other cool swag. So uh, if you want in on that, give to us on coffee and every time somebody does give to us on coffee we are going to p- post a picture of hamlet on instagram so really you win no matter what happens <laughs> that's our show our theme song is whiz bang by Poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joe butera design thank you as always for listening to this episode of the book wars pod for kate and Kristen, i'm chris and we'll talk to y'all next week
0: okay good yes kate get close hi hi unless you're gonna be loud then don't be close <laughs>